Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by one of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Boyson. A paralegal for more than 20 years, Vicki is dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, the Paralegal Mentor and host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm an ALA Advanced Certified Paralegal, and I publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies. I'm also the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, A Guide to Finding a Job and Career Success. And you'll find more information at paralegalmentor.com. My guest today is Marilyn Wass, CPCAS, Senior Paralegal at Lopez McHugh LLP in Newport Beach, California. Now, Lopez McHugh is a nationally recognized plaintiff's law firm that takes on the large companies, uh, and, and they're not afraid to take on these large companies, the, the pharmaceutical giants, nursing homes, insurance companies, auto manufacturers, and also the manufacturers of defective medical devices. The firm's key practice includes many subjects and areas of litigation. Uh, its current areas of focus include defective drugs and medical devices, Benicar lawsuits, Bayetta Genuva pancreatic cancer, Dupuy hip replacements, Granuflow recall lawsuit, inferior vena cava filter failure, Lipitor diabetes in women, Marina IUD lawsuits for surgical removal, Pradaxa internal bleeding, Stevens-Johnson syndrome, testosterone therapy, transvaginal mesh lawsuit, Yaz Yasmin Osella Baez blood clots, medical malpractice and negligence, and also catastrophic injuries. Now that's quite a list, but welcome Marilyn. Thanks, Vicki, and thanks for having me on this podcast with you. Oh, I'm happy to have you here. Before we begin, though, I, uh, our sponsors should be recognized and thanked, and that would be NALA, a professional association for paralegals, providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and advancement of the paralegal profession and also has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since the program's beginning. Our other sponsor is ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. When you work with the most professional process servers, they have the experience with high-volume serves, they embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. So visit ServeNow.com to learn more. Now, the goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and also to share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. Guests are usually included to help explore timely topics, and for that reason, I've invited paralegal Marilyn Wass, CPCAS, to join me today. But the first thing I want to do is tell you a little bit about Marilyn. Marilyn is a senior and most veteran paralegal at Lopez McHugh. She earned her Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of California, Los Angeles in 1976 and a paralegal certificate with honors from UCLA's paralegal training program in 1978. 
Marilyn earned the certified paralegal designation in 1999 and then the California Advanced Specialist designation in civil litigation in 2000. She was the recipient of the Los Angeles Paralegals Lifetime Achievement Award in 2000 and co-recipient of the 2005 Star Paralegal of the Year Award. Marilyn has dedicated her career to working in the field of plaintiffs, personal injury litigation, specializing in the areas of medical malpractice, product liability, and pharmaceutical and medical device mass torts. Now, in addition to working on several of the firm's pharmaceutical and medical device mass tort litigations as the supervising senior paralegal, Marilyn is also primarily responsible for the probate and estate work in connection with the firm's wrongful death cases. Her skill set and experience have turned her into a critical component of the law firm's settlement administration programs, including lien resolutions for which she oversees sees all of the firm's operations at Lopez McHugh. So again, Marilyn, I'm, I'm delighted to have you with me today. I can't say enough good things about you and, and your bio also. Thank you. Okay. Well, I've shared this bio with our listeners, but what I'd like for you to do is tell us, uh, you know, about your current job at Lopez McHugh. What are your responsibilities on a day-to-day basis? Well, right now, my job is made up of three distinct parts, and the time I spend on each every day varies depending on what the day has to offer, and typically I plan my day, but it never ends up going to how I plan it. Um, as, as the paralegal manager, I spend a portion of my time managing the paralegals and the case managers who work in our Newport Beach office, and that involves overseeing their workload, making sure their assignments are understood and completed in a timely fashion, making sure that our firm protocol is followed. And I conduct staff meetings. Um, sometimes it's just a session to hear what's on everyone's mind. Sometimes, you know, to train them on a particular aspect of the practice. I also mentor our younger paralegals. Um, I'm also working right now on our Lipitor litigation. Um, this is a very large mass tort for us because at this point we have about 2,500 clients. The day-to-day work on these cases is handled by our junior paralegals and case managers, and then I am the liaison between that group and the lawyers. And I oversee and review all their work um, on working the cases up, ordering medical records, answering discovery when it gets to litigation, um, helping the attorneys uh, make sure that all the statute of limitations are set properly, just all things litigation on that case. Um, And the last area is where I spend most of my time, and you mentioned on the estate work and the the settlement administration. That job is is really evolving. Our firm's been in existence now for about eight years, um, and it took a while to get the cases going to get to the point of settlement because it takes several years. But uh, for the last three years or more, um, we've had one or more litigations in some part of a settlement process at any given time. So uh, typically when a mass tort settles, um, we're dealing with settlements for large groups of clients from 20 or 30 into the hundreds. Um, Each case is handled individually 
like any individual plaintiff case, so there's a lot of uh, paperwork. Um, a lot of people confuse mass torts with class actions where you, know, you get an email or a letter and you fill out a form or a coupon and that's your settlement, but that is not the case in mass torts. So when the case settles, I work with the attorneys to create settlement packages that go to the clients, um, and there's a lot of uh, informed consent, a lot of ethical issues when you're dealing with a large amount of clients. Um, and then I also deal with the, like you mentioned, the lien, um, the lien resolution. And whenever any case settles, we have to be cleared with Medicare, Medicaid, Veterans uh, Administration, other governmental entities, and private insurance that is based on ERISA plans, and those all require reimbursement. And I either work with a lien resolution council um, as a liaison, or depending on the nature of it, I will sometimes keep liens in-house, which means that I review the claims and audit them and negotiate them. Okay. I don't know how you keep up with all of it, but we're going to find out, you know. Now, I know you said that uh, the firm has been um, in existence for seven years, but before that, I think that you um, were with, uh, what do you want to call it? This is not a successor, but uh, you joined the uh, original Lopez firm in 2000, and then you had also worked for nearly 20 years with the late George Moore. So uh, I understand that he's one of the preeminent plaintiff's medical malpractice attorneys in Los Angeles until he died. So you had a lot of experience before this uh, new firm um, evolved. And obviously, when you started, what is it, almost 30 years ago? Is that about right? A little more than that. <laughs> I always just say more than 20. That always <laughs> it makes me feel better. But anyway, obviously, you didn't begin your career with this title, Senior Paralegal, and doing all that you do today. So let's talk about how your paralegal career and, you know, actually evolved to where you are today. And, you know, why did you choose to be a paralegal in the first place? Well, that career choice actually happened by accident. Um, I, I went through college planning to go into elementary education. And when I graduated, I realized that I really didn't want to do that. So I thought I would get a, just a job while I figured out what I would do when I grew up. And my skills were speaking Spanish, which is what my bachelor's degree was in, and, and typing. And so I was sent by an employment agency to a law firm. And I quickly realized that I was very interested in it, but I did not wanted to spend my time typing and filing and answering phones. So within about 10 months, I was accepted into UCLA's paralegal program, and, and that's where it all started. As far as evolving to where I am today, I came out of my training knowing that I, I didn't want a job that was typical of what a litigation paralegal was back in the late 70s. Um, at that time, at least out here in Los Angeles, it was a relatively new field, and a lot of people were spending their time just doing nothing but summarizing depositions, nothing but sitting in warehouses, reviewing documents. And I, and I knew that I would go nuts if I had a job like that. So I geared myself to looking in small firms that practiced in the injury area, and that's always where I've worked, for either small firms or sole practitioners. And I've been lucky to work for lawyers who were open to training me and to allowing me 
to do and encouraging me to do anything that I felt I wanted to take a try out. And that's what I've always done, and that's taken me to where I am today. Okay, so you've really learned as you've gone along all of these heavier skills. Obviously, we don't walk out of paralegal school with those, but I want to ask you, do you use your Spanish in your current job? Occasionally, we we do have Spanish-speaking clients, and you know, if no one else is around, I'll get on the phone with a client. I do sometimes write letters, you know, translate a contract, fee contract, or something. So okay, so that second that second language has been an important skill to have. Is that right? Absolutely, especially yeah. out here in Los Angeles. Uh, what about your job challenges you the most? You know, how, how do you handle those challenges? Well, I'd, I'd say. I, the biggest challenges are prioritizing my various jobs and also keeping our clients happy um, when, as we get into the settlement process. Because after a three-year litigation, we get into the settlement process, which in itself can take up to two years from the time it's settled until a client has money. Um, they are typically injured or ill from a product or someone in their family died in Many, or I should say most, are you know financially not well off and they're anxious for money and trying to explain and and appease them and calm them down and assure them that you know that the end really is coming. Um, a, a lot of my time these when I get in certain parts of the settlement process is just client phone calls, and that of course takes away from all the other work that I'm doing that I need to keep going in order so they actually will get their money. Marilyn, do you prioritize those phone calls? I mean, such as, do you save a certain part of your day for phone calls, or do you kind of take them as you go along? Um, I try on most days to put them at a certain time of day, um, and a lot of times I'll actually schedule calls with clients or with estate lawyers or just so that I will get make myself make the call and I won't put it off. Um, but but sometimes, and the most often, it's a client who will call and just they can't be reached later on or they're just not happy. And, and I have to drop everything and speak take that call right then and there. Yeah. Well, I just wondered because it's hard to be productive when you're being interrupted like that. And it sounds like you have to concentrate a lot on what you're doing. So I give you credit for being able to do that. We're going to take a short break, Marilyn. Uh, We want to hear a word from our sponsor, NALA, the Association of Legal Assistants, Paralegals, and also serve now a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. But when we come back, I'll continue my discussion with Marilyn Wass, Senior Paralegal at Lopez McHugh in Newport Beach, California. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Looking for a process server you can trust? 
ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and my guest today is Marilyn Wass, CPCAS, Senior Paralegal at Lopez McHugh in Newport Beach, California. Marilyn and I are chatting about uh, the key to her successful paralegal career and how she manages the heavy caseload that she has. So, uh, and that leads me right to my next question. Marilyn, how do you handle such a heavy caseload and and the related stress? You also work with probate issues in many states. So, again, how do you stay on top of all of that? Well, at first it was daunting, but as the years have passed, I've pretty much learned how to deal with it and take everything in stride as it comes. Um, I I have learned to expect that my days don't go as I planned, um, I have to prioritize my tasks for our deadlines. Um, and as I mentioned before, I try to schedule calls with clients, estate lawyers, bankruptcy trustees, so that I don't waste a lot of time playing phone tag and make sure that I actually stay on track and get the calls made that I need to get made. Um, email is great, but a lot of times it's not a substitute for an actual conversation. So I have to plan for that. Um, and I've just, you know, learned not to be so hard on myself over the years. And, you know, it's okay that things I plan for today don't get done until tomorrow as long as there is um, a deadline, as long as there's not a deadline, I should say. You know, and I, I tell the paralegals here that, you know, that have been doing the work for a year or two that, you know, the work will not grow arms and legs and walk away. It will still be there on their desk tomorrow morning when they come back. So it's it's really not worth losing sleep over if, if it's something that absolutely doesn't have to be done until tomorrow. Okay, just as long as you meet those deadlines. I know what you mean about having to be flexible because often, you know, I plan my day before I start and then it gets absolutely blown out of the water when I get to the office because someone else needs something. And um, so, you know, deadlines are met and then you have to work with other people and other people's schedules. So it's kind of how it goes. But I want to know, yeah, I want to know if technology is crucial to getting your job done. Technology is, is tantamount to what I do. Um, I, I could not imagine managing the amount of clients that we have or dealing with all the different moving parts in a, in a single litigation without having the databases and the other electronic tools that we have. Um, I, I think back to before we had the technology that's available today and the management of these type of cases was a whole different ballgame. It took more people to do less work. Now, what software programs do you rely on the most in this, uh, in this whole process with these clients? Well, actually, Microsoft Office is the basic one. Of course, Word and Outlook, but um, Access, Microsoft Access, which is the database program in Office and Excel are what I spend most of my time using to track 
the clients and the different aspects of, of the case going on. Um, we also have a case management program called TrialWorks that um, that we use, which also has a mobile app that runs off of the network, so I can use it on the fly when I'm not in the office, and I actually do rely heavily on that um, when I'm not here. Now, do you, do you go to actually go to trial? I'm assuming that some of these do go to trial. Is there any special software that you use for that? The last time we had a trial, we used, I think it was either summation or trial director. I actually can't remember, but it's always use one of the um, programs that deals with the electronic exhibits. Um, and also, we do also rely heavily on the um, case map and time map and text map suite to integrate the facts and the depositions and the timelines. Um, Everyone in our office uses that quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Now, do you train people on these? Or, I mean, how do you keep up with all of the software? Because I know there are updates. I know they're all not, like, super easy to use. So how do you do that? Well, you know, I subscribe to a lot of blogs and legal technology publications. Um, I stay connected with a lot of my contacts through NALA and AAJ, which is the American Association for justice, um, you know, and I attend technology seminars whenever I can and just do whatever I can to stay on the cutting edge of what's available um, that would help us out in the field. And then I do uh, train um, the paralegals and some of the lawyers even here on various um, programs that we use. So with all of this, I'll I'll tell you, you have probably got a, a ton of, well, I know you do, you have a ton of knowledge, a ton of skill. And, um, you know, I, I'm not, I know that our listeners are going to want to know if you have any tips for, for them, it, you know, in moving their careers toward involvement with, you know, um, mass torts and, and huge cases and so forth. Uh, you know, what skills do they need to possess? Well, basic litigation skills. Um, I would say, although not essential, if, if one would like to work in this mass tort complex litigation, having experience in a traditional litigation setting really will provide the best foundation for jumping into this kind of work. Mass torts are like individual cases on steroids. It's the only way I can think to describe them. I mean, if you can imagine having discovery responses for 150 clients or more due on the same day or a document Um. production for that many clients all do at the same time. Um, it's, there's a lot of moving parts, and, but if you have that underlying foundation of, of how the litigation case works and the deadlines, then you'll be pretty well equipped to move on to this type of work. Now, are there any, um, like when you're in paralegal, uh, you know, in your paralegal coursework, does that prepare you for any of this, or is it really something that you learn once you have a job? Well, as far as my coursework, um, at that time, mass torts was really didn't exist. I mean, the, the first case, big case, I think, was breast implants, which was in the in the eighties. Um, so it, it that my courses never even talked about this type of complex litigation. So nothing that I learned besides my basic skills really really helps me out here, except that it's more that my training 
gave me the resources to learn litigation, which just evolved over the years as I went on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what people need to remember is that you, you don't know all of this when you start. Uh, and just getting out of school isn't the, um, the be-all and end-all. You need the experience. And uh, anything that you do is going to give you some experience. But sometimes you need to just kind of target what you really want to do. And you knew that when you got out of school. You knew what you wanted to do and didn't want to do. So uh, I think that really, uh, really helped you. That in your second language. Yes, um, I, I agree with that, absolutely. Back to the time when I got out of school, um, when I was looking for a job, I, I didn't just rely on firms that were looking for paralegals. I actually proactively went out and knocked on doors of law firms that, that practiced the kind of law I was interested in, and that's how I got my first job. Okay. So and you, you picked the firm, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with Lopez McHugh or, or with you, how would they do that? Well, if they would like to reach out to me personally, the email is the best way. And if you want to reach our firm, all of our contact information is on our website, which is at lopezmchugh.com. Um, all of the phone numbers are there, and there's also a link to contact us electronically there as well. Okay. And I want to remind our listeners that McHugh is spelled M-C-H-U-G-H. So, Marilyn, I can't thank you enough for taking your time to join me today. It's been great to learn more about what you do. I've known you for a long time, and I always learn something new. For instance, the Spanish part, I have found, uh, I didn't know that, and that's that's interesting. So, And I envy you, because I don't have a second language, except I can read French. How's that? I don't think that qualifies. (laughs) So, we're going to take another short break, but don't go away, because when I come back, I'm going to have news for you and also some career tips. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice, and this is the point in the program where I um, make some announcements or give you some career tips, and I have a a practice tip for you today, and uh, I do get a lot of email, especially once people sign up for my newsletter. Um, They do ask me various questions, and I answer them as, as soon as I can. It's not always easy. But anyway, with a question I had that I thought was very interesting and that you would all want to um, hear my answer to was, I'm wondering if you have any advice for those of us junior paralegals as far as research is concerned. I've been a practicing paralegal for four years now, but I haven't been able to work on any legal research projects. Just, I don't even feel that I can remember how to use LexisNexis. How do you think I should go about learning legal research over again? Do you have any pointers or advice? And please let me know. I look forward to your reply. So this is my answer. 
First of all, not all pure legal jobs require legal research. Uh, it's just not done as much as, as people think it is. But we should be able to do that research if we're asked. Uh, there are several ways to learn once you're out of school and you know, you've been working for a little while. The best place is while you're in school because that's, that's just great training. But um, how to learn over again, there's, a, there's some online training. Uh, you can Google how to learn LexisNexis. They, uh, they do have online courses. And then every association offers uh, continuing education classes in research. Uh, I do hope you belong to a national association. I do though know that NALA has a, a very good legal research course that you can take, and that would be a, a great refresher. And also look to your state bar to see, uh, you know, what classes that they hold that might work for you. Uh, you know, you're going to have to pay for some of these, but it's uh, uh, that's probably the only way that you're going to get that that good training that you need or a good refresher that you need. This person also asks or, or says, I just left my firm of four years and I'm going to relocate. Do you have any tips for finding a job in Southern California? Well, these tips apply anywhere you're going. The first thing you need to do is join a local association uh, and a national association, too, if that's there for you. Uh, that local association is going to provide networking, going to provide continuing legal education for you. Uh, and many jobs are found by word of mouth rather than in the classified ads. Call the school in the area to see if, in the area or wherever you went to school, to see if they might have uh, some job listings. Uh, but also the associations do publish those job listings in uh, on their website and in uh, in their newsletter. So you're, that's going to be a real benefit of joining. Find out if the um, association or several of the associations in your area because you it's it's big and so there will be several uh, has a Facebook page and on those Facebook pages they will list job openings so it's, it's important to be active on the internet the internet is your friend when you're looking for a job believe me so Facebook LinkedIn Twitter those are, are all good places to be looking well that's about all the time we have for our show today I want you to be sure that you send any questions you have to me at Vicki at paralegalmentor.com. Vicki is spelled V-I-C-K-I. And also don't forget to check out my blog, paralegalmentorblog.com, and the resources that are available at my website, paralegalmentor.com. They've all been designed to help you move your career in the right direction, and that's absolutely forward. This is Vicki Voison thanking you for listening to the Paralegal Voice and reminding you to make your Paralegal Voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Vicki Voisin for her next podcast on issues and trends affecting paralegals and legal assistants. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.